The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church and Pastor Mark Ermler. Looking forward to what God's going to do this morning in our hearts and lives. This is an important series because uh, it allows us to see, as the boys and girls are going, uh, that the Word of God is historically true and accurate. Now, starting with the Noah story, of course, if you were an agnostic or an atheist, a skeptic, uh, you would absolutely think it would be ludicrous that somehow uh, this world could be saved because one man and his family built a boat big enough to carry away some animals. And yet, we began last week looking at this historical character, Noah, specifically because our Bible tells us Jesus five different times said, you want to know when the end of the world's going to come? It's going to be as the days of Noah were. Well, that's pretty instructive. So God says, as the days of Noah, that's, that's what's going to happen. We looked at Luke 17, Matthew chapter 24. In both of those passages, Jesus lays out the case for the world being very similar to how the world was uh, just before God destroyed it uh, through a worldwide flood. So preparing uh, was really what Noah was about in his family. And, and really, uh, those are the ones that were carried away. Those were the ones that were snatched really off this earth. And you know, before Jesus comes again, uh, we're going to be living in these days of Noah once again. And uh, there's going to be a prepared people that are going to be snatched above all the chaos, judgment, and turmoil that will be coming to this planet. And the question simply is, are we prepared as the people of God? Uh, are we prepared uh, in this generation to make a difference for the glory of God? So we're looking at God's Word. And last week we started looking at the evidence uh, that uh, we're going to find. And if you go forward a slide or two, fellas, I'm going to do my best uh, to uh, help them. Uh, normally I would have a picture of everything going on back there. And I don't today, and I apologize in advance uh, but they're going to do the best that they possibly can. Last week we looked at some of the evidence concerning really this worldwide flood. And, and we talked about the illustration of Mount Helens. And uh, there, uh, what, uh, what was before, what was after back in 1980. And, and just how we can go there today and we can see so much of, of really what transpired in a very short period of time um, duplicated uh, all over this world. Uh, we talked about uh, just the chaos and confusion and, and, and the north face of that mountain uh, sliding there into Spirit Lake and all of the logs, uh, the, the, the atomic energy of like 40 atom bombs here uh, when that was released and, and thousands of feet into the air, the ash, and, and, and as those trees went to that lake, they, they sort of got you know, filled with water, and they started to turn upside down and right side up and settle down into the sediment. And today we have evidence of uh, fossilizing of some of these trees from 1980 in sediment that has been settling there in Spirit Lake. 
uh, just like you will find petrified trees throughout the strata that uh, the enlightened scientists are going to try to tell us are millions and millions of years old. I would like to know how a tree grew uh, through all of that strata. And some of the illustrations we have is the root ball is on the top uh, there in France. That's an amazing sight. How'd that happen? Uh, let me tell you how it happened. It was a worldwide flood. And, and we have this picture that, well, how could water cover the whole earth and the mountains like the Bible says? Well, the mountains were not necessarily as tall as they uh, had to be today. I mean, the whole world was reshaped and fashioned here because of the breaking up of the deep. We saw last week here the reality that scientists has just come to figure out that there are in the deeps uh, three times the water of all of our oceans uh, underground. And, uh, and uh, how God broke up the deeps. It wasn't just 40 days of raining that brought this worldwide flood. It was also from inside the earth breaking up and the chaos and havoc uh, that transpired. So all of that happened and uh, we saw a little glimpse, glimpse of it uh, just last week. Now, I came across this uh, little spot from ABC uh, concerning uh, one scientist that's on the hunt for evidence of that worldwide flood. I thought we'd see it here this morning before I get going. <laughs> All right, let me bring, bring it back here. There's a, there's a scientist, and he's getting there. Not quite there yet, but the, the reality is that here's a man willing to invest millions of dollars into searching something that the Bible speaks about and uh, just verifying the reality that something happened. Well, as a Christian, I don't have to rely on a scientist. I just rely on God's Word. Uh, this is what God said, I believe it, uh, whatever science comes up with. But I know we're living in a, in a skeptical generation. And I know our young people are being just bombarded with what they are told, this is truth. And yet, the reality is there are many that are out that would have to look at evidence and say, now, this is something I don't understand. I Help me with it. You're looking at the Chilean desert here on your screen. Uh, what's so amazing about this is just several years ago, uh, they came across a fossil bed of 75 different kinds of whales. Now, I've got to ask the question, what's whales, what are whales doing in the Chilean desert? But, of course, I'm a Bible believer, and uh, I have the Word of God, and I recognize here that God said something really happened there in Genesis chapter number 6, and uh, the world was flooded. So go to the next slide here. They're actually building a highway, and as they're building through this highway, they came across here uh, these fossils. And uh, the next one there gives you just a sample of one of uh, those uh, uh, whales. So what we're looking at here is evidence, uh, just a, a, a small bit of evidence, but there are, there are things that are happening in this world that are being discovered that man can't explain. Sometimes uh, uh, they have uh, an inconvenience happening, and, and they don't have an explanation for it, so they've got to backtrack, and they've got to figure out now, how do we explain this? And I think there's a lot more of that than we're even aware of because uh, man ignorantly wants to cover over the truth and the reality of what God simply has said in his holy word. And uh, oh, what a blessing it is for us as God's people to have a resource that we can trust in absolutely 100%. 
Um, we use the illustration of Spirit Lake and uh, Mount St. Helens. Uh, this week, I'd like to go to the Grand Canyon here just before we get going into the text. And as you go forward here just a little bit, fellas, I think we have one more real short movie uh, dealing a little bit here on the, the Grand Canyon. And again, an inconvenient truth. All right. Uh, how many have been to the Grand Canyon? Okay, and you've probably had the tour guide tell you uh, this was carved by the Colorado River after millions and millions of years. All right, let's watch this. If you, if you did the math, you would recognize that basically that Colorado River had to go uh, an elevation of 4,000 feet uphill. All right, to carve the Grand Canyon. It's, it's something to stand there and just say, yep, that's how it happened. But when you, you step back and get the bird's eye view, you have to say, well, where's this water coming from and where is it going to? And this is where the inlet is and the inlet's at 1,800 feet. And you're telling me it started to carve this nine, at 9,000 feet, this, this plateau, uh, this water that starts at 1,800 somehow did that. All right, that's a bigger stretch than me saying, you know, in Genesis chapter number 6, God allowed a, a great flood to come upon this world. And uh, it takes more faith, I think, for them to believe what they believe than for me to believe that an all-powerful God can do absolutely anything. And so I'm going to just rest in God's truth and rest in God's Word. So we began last week looking at the days of Noah as described to us in Luke 17 and Matthew chapter number 24. We found out last week that it was a time of uh, ingenuity. All right, we looked at the ingenuity of mankind. We have been told that man has been evolving when actually, as you look at some of the evidence that's out there concerning these ancient civilizations, we still can't explain how they did it. It's still uh, a puzzle to us. We have no idea on some of the things that were done. We'll just rehearse a couple of these slides that we looked at last week. Uh, the pyramids, uh, some of these stones that were placed there. How in the world did that happen. Let's keep going on these slides. All right, we saw in coal a golden-fashioned bell. Well, uh, that coal is supposed to be found in layers that are millions and millions and millions of years old, according to scientists. So how do you get a man-made bell uh, in a lump of coal, all right? Uh, that's an inconvenient truth for them. They, they, they have no explanation for things like that. Let's go on. Uh, we saw a, a hammer uh, in stone, all right? Again, uh, a question that has to be answered. We looked last week also at what seems to be a mechanical instrument of some type. Uh, they said that was used here for looking at the, uh, the heavens and the stars and the, the gears and all the things that are around that, but as a fossil. It's just amazing. I, don't, I, don't, I can't explain it. I don't know what's going on. I, 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 all I can tell you is the Bible gives us a picture if we'll just open our eyes to it, open our hearts to it, and recognize that, you know, what God said he meant. Uh, it's, not, it's not an exaggerated story. It is truth. So we saw a little bit here on the ingenuity of man and that man prior to the flood was highly intelligent. I don't want to use the word evolved. Highly intelligent. Uh, the Bible says that they were living eight, nine hundred years. All right, you think of uh, an Einstein living eight hundred years, nine hundred years. What could be accomplished? 
You, you think of here some of the brilliant uh, minds of our day, if they had you know, not just one lifetime to live, but multiple lifetimes to live. And uh, we, we recognize here that that pre-flood era uh, was one where, uh, yes, Noah and his family and maybe some hired individuals were used to see that gigantic ark built uh, to carry out God's perfect plan. Uh, we saw also the immorality of man during the days of Noah. And uh, actually, we have uh, both in, in Peter and Jude description of the days of Noah. And uh, Luke 17 tells us it was not just like the days of Noah, but also like the days of uh, Lot. And, uh, of course, we know the immorality surrounding Sodom and Gomorrah. And can I tell you, in the day and age that we're living, uh, morality is something that is scoffed at, laughed at, ridiculed, mocked. Everywhere we go, everywhere we look. Here's an interesting uh, survey that has been done over the last 20-some years. I want you to see this. Uh, Back in 1969, 68% of Americans opposed same-sex marriages. All right, now that's not too long ago, is it? 20 years ago, 68%. Look at this next slide. 2012, 48% of Americans opposed same-sex marriages and just this week got on google and i just typed out that sentence i said okay uh how many today 2016 uh believe or are opposed to same-sex marriages and the reason they'd be opposed to it is because it's it's contrary to the bible design it's contrary to god's plan and purpose for mankind there's the number uh, 37% of Americans uh, opposed here to same-sex marriage in 2016. What's going on here? Over the last 20 years, we're, we're seeing a mindset that is tolerating immorality on every level. There's a mindset now of really recognizing that, you know, uh, marriage was good for mom and dad and maybe grandpa and grandma, but it's, it's really not my thing. I'm just going to try out a bunch of different partners. And, and uh, you know, when I find the right fit, then we'll go ahead and maybe, maybe we'll live together. Maybe we'll get married. Can I tell you something that is diabolically opposed to the marvelous plan that God instituted in marriage? And, and God instituted it here between uh, one man and one woman. And God is the one that sanctified that first marriage in the Garden of Eden. God knew uh, what Adam needed, and God knew what Eve needed, and God brought them together in His perfect will. And that was His plan. And can I tell you something? When we get away from the plan of God, when we start corrupting the plan of God, we are slipping into the mindset of those in the days of Noah. There's a graph here uh, that kind of plays out exactly what's happened in these 20 years. Uh, What a shift. What a shift in thinking. I I mean, this young generation is, is one that has absolutely embraced what the the 60s hippie generation uh, really began uh, several decades ago. Uh, It's come to, uh, I mean, full-blown fruit here in the grandkids of that generation. And and the mindset is, whatever God says in God's Word is not relevant to me. It's not relevant here to my life and how I want to live my life. After all, none of my friends believe that. 
And I tell you, one day, all of your friends will stand before God as you will. And the Bible says every one of us will have to give an account of ourselves to God. Not to our peer group. Uh, not to our family members. Uh, and, and every one of us know uh, families here that are dealing with the reality of uh, uh, same-sex marriages and, and uh, uh, living together outside of wedlock and all the rest. I, I mean, we're being bombarded with it. And, and God is desiring here for us to get an understanding that this immoral lifestyle that is being pushed upon humanity is something where the church has got to just draw the light and say, listen, we don't live there, we don't go there, we don't believe that, we're going to stand for what God stands for. And if it's not going to happen in the church, and and our young people are not going to hear it in the church, where are they going to hear it? Oh, that God would just grip us concerning the precious lives of our young people that they're being destroyed before they get started. Their lives are being shipwrecked before they can even get started. And that is Satan's diabolical plan. Listen, Satan has no love for anybody. Uh, His desire to see each and every person deny Jesus Christ and spend eternity in hell with him. And and we as uh, Christians uh, have to prepare as Noah did. Uh, What was he preparing for? Hebrews 11 says, for the saving of his household. Let me tell you, it might get to to the point where in in, in our Christian family, it's just our household. That's it. That's the only ones that believe this. I mean, it may be the whole world uh, all of a sudden says, listen, this is just a fairy tale. We're not going to get involved here in your morality struggle. Uh, You know, in that struggle that you have to just do what you want to do. Uh, you know, those uh, parameters that you have put up in your life, uh, they're not for everybody. They're not uh, for me. You can have them. I don't want them. That's the attitude. Uh, there's another slide here that just shows a Barna poll just real recently, which is absolutely amazing. It gives you a glimpse of the young people today. Look at this. Teens and young adults think not recycling is worse than viewing porn. Would you look at that? Look at the margin. What is our generation fixated on? What is more important to them? What is something that in their heart, in their mind, they go, yes, this is wrong. Not recycling is absolutely wrong. Uh, And and yet viewing porn, only 32% of our teenagers today feel like that's wrong. So it's wrong. Not to put my plastic in whatever bin I'm supposed to put it in. What colors? Blue? Is that the one? I forget. It's, it's there, and we do it, all right, because we want to we do right. But can I tell you something? When your view is that morality, that's nothing. Who, who cares about that? But this is really important. Boy, this is, this is wrong. If you don't recycle, that's wrong. You... you watch porn well that's not so bad that's this young generation and all oh, that god would help us to see are we living in the days of noah i mean are we headed here to a time where yes jesus christ is coming again the immorality of man the perverting of god's design in genesis 2 verse 18 through 25 Uh, God's prohibition on the perversion of uh, homosexual lifestyle. The LGB, 
LGBT lifestyle is a perversion of God's design of marriage. And of course, everything today is geared toward just accommodating and uh, just inclusive. And aren't you tolerant, pastor? Listen, the reason that God put that prohibition is to protect mankind and families. And, and we're either going to think that, yes, God, that's, that's a good idea because you know everything. You know things that I, I don't know, and I'm going to just trust you and obey you in that area. God's design is best. And may God help us just to follow His pattern. All right, let's look at the next thought. The imagination of man. The imagination of man. Go back to Genesis chapter number 6. Get your paging just a little bit. Here's the Noah story. And, and we see here in verse number 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great, in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Let me just say, first of all, God sees. Isn't that interesting? God saw. I think sometimes we feel like we can sin in a vacuum when the reality is, is God sees everything. And we're going to be held accountable to that God. And, and so here God saw... He saw the wickedness of man. He saw that it was great in the earth. And that, look at this, every imagination of his heart was only evil continually. That was the days of Noah. Only evil continually. Imagine, what does that bring to your mind? I know what it did to mine this week. Look at the next slide. Uh, There it is. Uh, The Humanist Manifesto sung memorialized every year, right, uh, on the death of John Lennon. Uh, and most of the emphasis on no possessions, I wonder if, I, if you can, no need for greed or hunger, a brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. Look at the first verse of that uh, anthem, that socialistic anthem. Go to the next slide. This is how it actually starts. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. What in the world is that teaching? What is it teaching? That you can live your life without God. There is no heaven. God lied to you. There is no hell. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, uh, above us, that's only a sky. Uh, Imagine all the people living for today. Look at the next uh, stanza. Next screen, I should say. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Can I tell you something? The world's moving that way. The world is is embracing the, the mantra and recognizing, listen, I'm not accountable. There is no God. There is no heaven. There is no hell. I'll just live my life as I choose to live it. Uh, I'll eat. I'll drink. I'll be merry. Read Luke chapter 17. That's what they were doing in the days of Noah. Just read it. Read Matthew chapter number 24. So the imagination of man, it was wicked. 
boy, do we have to uh, talk about all the babies that have been aborted here over these past few decades. You talk about the imagination of their heart, evil. I saw evil a couple weeks ago as these uh, women were marching through the streets uh, protesting their right to murder an unborn baby. I saw evil. I saw evil in the speeches. I saw evil in the faces. I saw evil in the heart and the attitude that it's okay. It's okay because that's your body. That's the lie. It's not their body. It's the creation of God made in the image of God. Yes, it's a product. It, 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 God's allowing here this woman to be a vessel to bring forth life. But it is an individual life. It's, it's not you deciding that, listen, I want to go ahead and have my arm removed. Listen, if you want to do that, you shouldn't. It's God's creation. But that's a whole different thing than aborting here that precious unborn life. How do we know when we're living in this wicked day and wicked time? When you can murder babies by the millions and then uh, get the government to pay for it. And, and nobody's got a problem. Oh, that God would help us to have uh, an understanding of what the days of Noah were. The indifference of man. Next in your notes. All right, the indifference of man. When you look at the text here, uh, we see that the Bible tells us in verse 11 of Genesis chapter number 6, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Uh, Indifference toward civility and kindness and caring. I mean, just a wholesale viciousness, violence that's filling the land, a brutality. Uh, That escalated in the days of Noah. Uh, We see here the uh, violence filled the land. It was the mob rule. Uh, It was survival, yes, of those that uh, were fit and uh, taking advantage of anything and everything around them. What a horrible way to live without any rules. Can you imagine if you lived in a place? Uh, let's, let's transport our congregation here uh, to northern Iraq. How about we do that for a moment? And, and just find yourself there uh, outside of one of those northern Iraqi cities uh, with ISIS rolling around. Uh, can I tell you the brutality, the ugliness, uh, what's going on here when there is no restraint, when there is no law, when there is no right, when there is no wrong? I can take a generation of young children and turn them into uh, ISIS warriors. They're calling them little cubs. And they're using them not just in suicide bombing, but actually conditioning them to to become killers. Uh, This week, a a boy had his uh, limb severed from him because he refused to kill somebody in his training. You know, it's just horrible. It's horrible what's going on. And, and, and we see that this violence is filling the land. It's, it's like you don't even want to watch the television here because it's the beheading here and the mass murder here and the cruelty here. Can I tell you? Violence filled the land in the days of Noah. And so shall it be when the Son of Man comes again. Are we living in those days? Are the days of Noah here? Are you prepared? as Noah prepared for himself and for his family. 
No no, uh, moral code in those days, all right? The intolerance of man. Just the intolerance. You know, a guy like Noah, I'm I'm sure uh, he wasn't well respected or received by most of the crowd because my Bible says that Noah walked with God. What a a weird duck. (laughs) He walked with God. What, what What an unusual family. Uh, you know, oh, they're so strange. Uh, they keep talking about God, and they keep talking about this judgment, and they keep talking about uh, all of this while they're building this ridiculous boat in the middle of nowhere. Uh, the intolerance. The intolerance. Can I share with you here, again, going back to Barna, the intolerance that's developing today in, in, in uh, the world that you and I live in? Listen to this. Is it extreme to attempt to convert others to your faith? 10% of evangelicals think so. Uh, Can I tell you that Jesus gave us the great commission to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature? And if you're an evangelical, quote-unquote, and you believe it's wrong to do that, can I tell you something? You're probably not saved. So let's forget that for just a moment. But let's look at uh, the skeptics. I would expect that, 83%, they don't, want, they don't want to be confronted with truth. They don't want to be confronted with the Word of God. But look at uh, all adults here in the United States, 60% think it is an extreme thing for somebody to try and share the gospel with another adult. Wow. That's the world we're living in right now. Let's go to the next slide. This is also from Barna Research. Three-quarters of adults believe being religiously extreme is a threat to society. So now you've got three out of four people thinking that if you just live your faith as a Christian, that's, that's being extreme. We've got to watch out for you. Have you seen the newest polls? That uh, there are some that actually believe that Christians are as dangerous as ISIS members. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the conditioning that's going on today. We're living in the days of Noah. And the question is, how prepared are we? How prepared are we uh, to take God's word and share God's, God's heart of redemption for mankind? What are we doing individually here during these days of Noah? Let's go to the second thought here. The delay of judgment. Not only do we see the days of Noah, but I want you to see here the delay of judgment. There was a delay, and, and uh, the Word of God allows us, going back here to Genesis chapter number 6, to see that God lays out this marvelous plan. Now, how do I know there's a delay to judgment? Well, there's a, there's a key character in chapter 5 by the name of Methuselah, which would have been Noah's granddad. And Methuselah had a really unique name. And his name really meant uh, something like, uh, uh, when he's gone, judgment will come. Uh, it's, it's like Methuselah was the calendar. That judgment's coming, but judgment will come when Methuselah is out of the way. Well, we understand the delay and the heart of God and the mercy of God because there's no recorded uh, person in the scripture that lived as long as Methuselah did. And the Bible tells us there in Genesis 5 that he lived 900 and how many? 69 years. 
And some of you have probably done the math here on this, but it, it still is fascinating when we think of the reality that God in mercy... Uh, desired here for mankind to have an opportunity for safety inside that ark if they would simply believe. And uh, Noah, the preacher of righteousness here, proclaimed that great truth. When you stitch together here the ages, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter number 5, verse 25, the total age that Methuselah would live. It told us that he was 187 years old when Lamech was born. Uh, It tells us here that as you look at uh, Lamech, the Bible goes on in verse 28 and says, And Lamech lived 182 years and begat a son. His son would be Noah. So, math, if you've got a calculator with you, add 187 with 182. All right, that's your starting point. And then the Bible says, in the last verse of chapter 5, and Noah was 500 years old when he began Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So now you're adding 500 years to 182 to 187. And we're starting to see that the clock is winding down. Now how old was Noah when he went into the ark? Well, the Bible tells us that too. Chapter number 7 And we see that he was 100 years old. Verse 6, And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. So if someone could add 600 and 182 and 187, what's the number? Help me. A little louder. 969. That's amazing. God said, listen, I'm going to give you a warning, and I'm going to delay my judgment, and I'm going to delay it longer. I'm going to let somebody live longer than anybody else has ever lived in history. Uh, When you look at uh, the dad, if you do the Bible math, he died five years prior. Uh, Of course, Enoch would be great-grandfather. He only lived 365 years, and he was translated. God pulled him up. Uh, He was walking with God. But here the Bible says in the 600 year of Noah's life, then the flood began. And although God delayed that judgment, can I tell you something? The judgment ultimately came. Uh, I don't know what your state is this morning concerning your relationship with God. But can I tell you that there will come a time when God's calendar, God's clock, uh, It's going to strike midnight, and time is up. And the question is, what about your relationship with God? Number one, are are you born again? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Not about Him, not about God. I, I wouldn't leave this auditorium this morning without getting that settled. God loves you, and God desires for you to be in His eternal forever family. And uh, God's opened a door wide, just like he did for the people in Noah's day. You know, God opened that door, and it was open for all those years. Some say, how, how long, Pastor, did it take to build the ark? I don't know. <laughs> Everyone's, all my life has told me, I'm a preacher, has told me, it's 120 years, Pastor. It took him 120 years. I said, well, 
I don't see that in the Bible math. Uh, how old was he when he had children? 500 years old. How, how old was he when he went in the ark? 600 years. That's 100 years. And when God gives him the instructions on the boat, God specifically says, by the way, you, your sons, and your sons' wives. So somehow, these boys that were born in his 500th year had grown up old enough to have wives. And, and, and so I can't tell you how long they were a building. But Whatever it was, it was totally in line with the eternal sovereign will of God and that calendar, Methuselah, his whole ticker kept ticking and uh, until 969 years. And I believe the funeral uh, probably uh, uh, would have taken place uh, immediately because I, I think Methuselah died and that was it. And that was it. Here comes the flood. And I don't know when that is. And, and yet, I wouldn't hesitate. I, I, I wouldn't push it off. You know, the only, the only thing that keeps you from Bible salvation is your own procrastination and not receiving Jesus as your only hope. You know, just like the ark was the only place of safety, Jesus is your only place of safety. And listen, he's opened wide the door. And he said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Listen, there's salvation in Jesus Christ this morning. Would you receive him as your Savior? Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.